This guy's one of my favorite people in the galaxy. He's given me and my buddy Jason the opportunity to do something we truly love doing. And for that, I could never thank him enough. He's the winner of a 2016 Gabby Award from the Georgia Association of Broadcasters, the retro geek of talk radio and fun. You can hear his show on Saturday mornings, 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and live on the TuneIn app. Ladies and gentlemen, BK on the air. Hey, Mike, how am I going to ever live up to that <laughs> intro? I'll never live up to that. There's no way. I don't know, but you better start working on it. Well, you are too kind, sir. I appreciate <laughs> it very much. Well, I'm glad that you're having me here on the on the podcast. I'm glad to be here. Oh, man, I'm thrilled to have you on. Um, uh, speaking of being in radio, yeah, how did you get into radio, and is it something you always wanted to do? You know, I I did. It's funny you should ask me that because I had I had been wanting to be on radio since I was in elementary school. I had a I'd gotten a, a little Panasonic tape recorder given to me for one Christmas back in I think it was 70, 1977 and I would I would burn batteries out because it didn't have an AC adapter. I only worked on battery power and I would burn batteries up just recording things and, and introducing, you know, songs being uh, pretending to be a DJ and, and uh, pretending to interview people, mock interviewing my sister and my mom and, and, and making them, making them let me interview them. I, I know I drove them crazy doing that, but yeah, I, I always wanted, wanted to do it. And then the chance arose, Oh my goodness, back in 1983, I was a junior in high school and, Got my first job at a, a small AM station in Center, Alabama, my hometown, and it was it was it was the one of the happiest days of my life. A lot of influences. I, I loved uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, the television show. I loved Doctor Johnny Fever, and and uh, I actually uh, Hugh Wilson. When I later found out Hugh Wilson was from uh, based uh, WKRP on an Atlanta station called WQXI. Uh, Skinny Bobby Harper was the DJ in the Atlanta area in the seventies. That's who. Um, Dr. Johnny Fever is based on, and a lot of people may not know that. So yes, the answer is yes. I've always wanted to, to be on the radio and work, went to the, uh, Birmingham performance Academy in Birmingham, Alabama, and got a little bit of training and on how to do things. It was, it was performance acting and using your voice and geez, from, from then all the way to now, uh, the rest is history as they say. Oh, wow. That's amazing <clears throat> to be able to, to actually do something that you wanted to do as a kid. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as that. Um, it, it took me a little longer to get to that. I, uh, when I was a little kid, I remember riding in the back seat of my mom's car. She had a yeah old eighties Mercury, big old tank. Oh, and, big big land yacht, right? Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Big big yellow right. banana yellow, uglier than homemade sin. But I'd love to have right. it right now. I tell you that. But uh, for some reason, I like those old boxy cars. Um. But I'd sit in the back, and these tractor trailers would drive by me, and they're so big. I mean, especially when I was, oh, yeah. you know, ten years old, eleven years old, whatever. And I'm like, one day I want to drive one of those. And after oh, forty years, forty five years, I finally got the opportunity to go to school and get my class A CDL. And now I drive a semi. The rest of my job, awesome. Outside of the driving the truck, the rest of my job is not that fun. It's one of the most difficult jobs I've ever done, and I used to deliver furniture. So, but to drive down the highway and look in my mirror and see that I'm hauling a trailer behind me 
And when right. I turn the corner and I look and I see that trailer, it just gives me chills. Makes me want to cry, to be honest with you. Well, you, you said you, they look so the truck looked so big to you as a kid as you saw them going by. Hey, guess what? As we well know, they're still big today. They're <laughs> they still big trucks. You, you know, for 25 <laughs> years, I've driven box trucks, 26 foot, 24 foot box trucks, just a straight truck. Right. And yeah. to drive a tractor trailer down the highway doesn't feel any different. I feel wow. it feels the same until I have to get over or turn a corner and watch that trailer. Well, it's, it's really exciting doing and getting to do something that you always wanted to do, uh, even as a kid. I, I, my first choice I wanted to be was Captain Kirk, but I couldn't make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't so. think the Federation of Planets really exists. <laughs> No, I, I couldn't make that happen. But uh, you know, the Bionic Man—I wouldn't mind it being Steve Austin either, the Bionic Man. But I—I I would have had to have been injured to do that, and I didn't want to do that either. So, <laughs> so radio you, was you, the next you, best thing. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. um, your show covers all kinds of geek, geek, nerd culture, and Star Wars is no exception in that culture. How did exactly? How did, what made you a Star Wars fan? Wow, what made me a Star Wars fan? I guess like a lot of other people, the very first time that I went out to a small theater, a twin cinema in uh, Fort Payne, Alabama, a little rural town, and actually got to see it uh, one day. It was actually one of the first movies my mom ever dropped us off, uh, myself, my sister, and a couple of cousins, dropped us off in 1977 to see a movie by ourselves. They're like, okay, you can go, and I'll just drop you guys off, and you'll be okay. Back then, you could do that. What year was this, 77? 77, yeah, the year it came out. And I'm I'm a Star Wars original first-timer. She could have pushed and, you out of the car while it was still moving and everybody oh, yeah. okay that with that. Fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what happened. I, there were two it was a twin cinema. There being that meant there were two movies playing at this theater. And that was new to me in rural Alabama. I'm like, you mean to tell me there's two different screens inside this <laughs> building that are showing two different movies? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and uh the on one side of the theater, I think it was either, I don't know if it's the Rescuers or Sinbad. I think it was Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, the uh, Ray Harryhausen, one of the Sinbad films. It was playing in theater two, and this thing called Star Wars was playing in theater one. And I had seen the trailer for Star Wars on TV. I'm like, this this space movie with, with, with lasers and ships and this big, giant, uh, black, shiny armored character with a black cloak running around and what is this i don't know what it is but i want to see it because believe it or not up to that point all i had for sci-fi to choose from was pretty much you know star trek logan's run planet of the apes and that's fine all those were great but you know it was something new it was star it was star wars so i went in and got my popcorn and i tell you when the when the when the 20th century fox logo come up and, and the theme played to the 20th century fox i'm like okay that's cool and then there's this little silence and all of a sudden the screen came up in blue pretty plain font letters a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and then it faded out and it was silent for a few seconds and then boom there comes this big crescendo of john williams i just got at chills the time, <laughs> yeah at the time the the music f- fanfare plays and the giant yellow letters star Wars fly off into the distance away from the camera. And these, these words start going up the screen. I, I, I was intrigued. I started reading and all of a sudden when they were gone, I'm like, okay, the words are gone. Now what's going to happen? We're in space. And then, and then the rumbling starts and these giant ships start flying over the screen and fire each other in full Dolby stereo at the time. And I tell you that, that moment changed my life as far as entertainment and movies oh my God. for years. And, and I'll never forget it. And that's exactly Mike, how I 
encountered Star Wars for the first time, right there it is. Okay, you made me think of a couple other questions. And since you're <laughs> slightly older than me, by like just slightly, yeah. Just what slightly. is it? Like nine or ten years, <laughs> eight years, maybe. I I think so. I don't think I've ever asked you how old you are. So I'm, I don't know. I'm forty five. Forty five. Okay, so my birthday's as the, as of this recording. I know it won't mean much to someone's listening to it. What date? So I got a birthday right. coming up. So I'm about to turn fifty four. Okay, so you're about so let's seven just years say fifty four. Yeah, seven years, which means a lot when you're young, not so much when you're old. Oh, yeah. to my kids, <laughs> I'm an old old man. Oh yeah. To me, I'm I'm not. And to your kids, I'd be an old, 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 You'd be old, 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 old man. That's right. <laughs> That's um, right. When it comes to to Star Wars, how old how old were you when you saw that? When you, when I you was eleven. That? I was eleven. Okay, yes. so I don't remember a lot of stuff when I was that age, but this sounds like something that's stuck in your head and really, really just stuck with you all fifty four years of your life. And first of all. Were there any lightsabers in the trailer? You know, I don't recall seeing any 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 of the lightsaber battle, or either with Luke training or with Ben fighting um, uh, Vader on the on the Death Star. I don't remember seeing that, but I, I think I would have remembered that. There may have been a trailer with lightsabers, but I never saw one. Okay, myself. so I've seen them since then, but not back then in seventy seven. No. Okay, so you remember nineteen ninety nine. When the yes. Phantom Menace came out, the the hype, the I mean, Star Wars was back, and Star Wars was everywhere. Oh yeah, no matter it, 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 where what? you looked, it was everywhere. Was the That's hype right. that big in seventy seven? The hype? No, it wasn't that big in seventy seven because I don't think anyone knew what it was back then. It was something new, and no one really knew what to expect from this film because back then. Someone would mention science fiction. This is just kind of the way it was in the mid seventies. Everybody would say, "Science fiction movie? Oh, it's going to be some weird movie with uh, ships with plastic uh, things hanging from them or strings hanging down, and it's going to look fake and it's going to look stupid, and and it's going to have this electronic bloop 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 music to it that they always put and stuff." I think the the, the hype for Star Wars started to build and then into into uh into late 77 into 78 because as, as you well remember no one could if anybody ever told you and i'm sure you know this if anyone told you oh yeah star wars toys from from uh from kenner yeah i had those right after the movie went out i went and bought the toys and i'm like well you couldn't because no, you there didn't. weren't any in the store <laughs> yeah i, I don't didn't think get, they I came out my first, yeah the christmas i didn't get or... my first star wars yeah i didn't get my first star wars toys to 78 uh, yeah. You got a voucher in '77 that you can mm -hmm. get some next year, so yeah, uh, the hype didn't start until the snowball started to roll downhill. The Star Wars snowball, as I call it, and it started gathering steam <laughs> over late '77 into '78. Uh, because if you remember, the biggest movie before Star Wars hit the scene, it took a while for Star Wars to be number one. The biggest movie in 1977 was Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, with really? Burt Reynolds. Yes, Star Wars didn't overtake Smokey and the Bandit. I don't think until at least. Uh, the early 78 or, or maybe the end of 77, but in 1978, Star Wars did finally pass it. When did Jaws come out? Because it was Jaws, supposed to Jaws come out came, with Star Wars around the same no, time. Yeah, Jaws came out in 1975. That's a full, full two oh, years before okay. Star Wars. Yeah. See, and I thought, Jaws, yeah, exactly. There was, there was something that was supposed to come out around the same time as 
<laughs> Close Encounters came out in 77 before Star Wars did. It was the same year as Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, and maybe, I, maybe that's about. what I'm thinking about. I thought yeah. like Steven was like, I'm not going to bring it out at the same time as George's movie. So <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, yeah. you know, I'm I can't sure remember which know. one came out first. Yeah. Um, but it was it was fantastic. In fact, John Williams score for Jaws, uh, I think, is what they heard because, you know, Spielberg and Lucas were buddies and they heard, you know, Lucas heard his score for Jaws. And that's what made him decide to choose him for uh, for Star Wars instead of just making an electronic, goofy rock music or something. And boy, am I glad he did. I'm glad he did, too, because that is one of the things that drew me to the movie. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic piece of music. Yeah, I, I love it. So. Excuse me. In in 1980, when everybody knew Empire was coming out, yeah, was the hype get big then. I think it was big. I remember it being really huge because uh, this was basically and and a lot of a lot of magazines when I was growing up did not know what it was going to be called. Everybody goes, Star Wars Two is coming out. It's Star Wars Two, and he hadn't really released a, a title for it yet. So I remember some magazines referring to it as that in the early days or weeks before it came out before they star actually had wars a title two, the sequel. star wars 2 the sequel right <laughs> again star wars part yeah, part <laughs> yeah yeah that's but but it was it, I, and i couldn't wait to go see it of course because I, I fell in love with star wars got the toys got the inflatable you mentioned lightsabers earlier we got the uh the inflatable lightsabers that came out that kenner what? had they were yeah they had lightsabers that were basically the kenner lightsabers if you want to look them up uh, Kenner lightsabers from 78, I think, is the year they came out. They were basically a flashlight hilt with the Star Wars logo on it. And it, you could either get uh, uh, there was kind of a green or a blue. I think maybe it was just green, a greenish tint. But they were inflatable. You had to blow them up with air. And they were Star Wars inflatable lightsabers from Kenner. Oh, my God. That is so awesome. I got to <laughs> have one. That's right. I even had a radio control. I had the radio controlled R two D two as well. I got that for Christmas of, of, of eighty, I think nineteen eighty. Oh my god, that's, that's so freaking awesome! But she's just pricing those things now will give you a heart attack if you want a vintage one off of a, of a collector's site. I tell you, maybe, maybe I won't look it up then. Yeah, you know. By the way, I know you're a big Darth Vader fan, but I'll mention another toy, another early toy I got in seventy nine was the twelve inch Darth Vader toy. I got that Kenner's figure. I still have it to I, this day. I used to have it. Yep. That's I, all. It wasn't it a great figure for oh, the time. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. yeah, it was so cool. The, it had its cape and it just didn't yes. it just didn't have the lightsaber with it. Well, it, it had the lightsaber, yes. It did come with a lightsaber. No, I'm talking about the one I had. Oh, the one you had, yeah. yeah. Mine's gone too. My lightsaber's long gone. Yeah, mine I got <laughs> it at a flea market and uh I sold my collection a long time ago. I'm punching myself for it. But I sold oh, it because, no. like me and me and my girlfriend, who is now my wife, uh, Tracy, we lived in an apartment, and it was just we didn't know when we were going to get a house, and I didn't like the stuff sitting in boxes, and Star Wars was gone. This was before the Disney acquisition, right? So oh, yeah. I was just like, eh. I mean, I still love Star Wars. I got the tattoos to prove it. You know what else can I get into? Ooh, how about Batman? And so I sold, yeah. I sold my collection. I did keep a few things, so um, you know I still have those things on display. I mean I don't know if you can Good. see behind me. There's a X wing above my head, and I'm surrounded by stuff, man. Well, you know I'm such a nerd, and even back at the time when I got the Vader figure, I was kind of a little myth. We talked about this earlier. 
uh, but no one heard it because we were off the air. Uh, the Vader's chest plate. Yes, I wanted I wanted so much for it to, to match the Empire Strikes Back look that I took that 12 inch figure and the very last button, which is red on his chest plate from Empire Strikes Back on. Yes, to Jedi and whatnot. I painted the last one red with my mother's nail polish. <laughs> And it's still red to this day with her nail polish on it. I think that's so great. Uh, I start. I I I wanted the the theory of Jar Jar being a Sith to be so true. I found. I went to a vintage toy store here in Columbus, and I requested a Jar Jar Binks, and I'm sure <laughs> they did. never ever heard that in their lives. And painted him, painted his outfit black, put a cape on him. Or you made your him. own Sith Lord Jar Jar. That's awesome. <laughs> and if no one's that heard I your, did. if no one's heard your, uh, ep- your podcast episode, I don't know if it's right before this one, but it's one that came before this one about Jar Jar and the, and the fan vitriol. Yes. They need to really listen to that one. Cause I thought it was a great installment. Well, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Um, speaking of the prequels with all the negativity in the fandom, and all the haters for the prequels and the crybabies for the sequels. What's your take on the prequels and sequels? Well, my take on the, the let me get this right out in in the open while we're at it. I think nothing will be better and excel the original trilogy. That oh. those are those have reached classic. I agree. Status. Yeah, they're untouchable. So I they're agree. they're the best. Now, when the prequels came out, I'm going to have to admit to everyone, I was a little disappointed in the Phantom Menace. I was very I was very excited that it was coming out. I'm like, oh, this is great, awesome. There are some great parts about it. The lightsaber battle with Darth Maul is fantastic. Some of the so the pod racing oh, part is the, fa- the fantastic. The pod racing is yeah. to me is yeah. one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And and the LucasArts video game that came out, the computer game not long after that, the pod racing game was fantastic. I played the heck out of that thing. I thought it was a great a great game. Uh, but for me, the, the prequels are a mixed bag. My favorite prequel film is probably everyone else's least favorite. I tend to gravitate more toward Attack of the Clones. I thought it was more, it was, I, I'm an act two guy. I mean, I love the, the Empire Strikes Back is my favorite of the, of the originals. Attack of the Clones is my favorite of the prequels. And The Last Jedi is my favorite of the new sequels, by Spe- the way. Speaking so, of post, you want me to cut that so, out? No. You might no. lose all your nerd cred. I know, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll take that chance. <laughs> I'll take that chance. Heck, I like Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. If I didn't catch enough hell for liking that, I don't know. I don't know what'll happen to me now. So, so yeah, uh, I was. But you know, the prequels. I'm not. I'm not all this. This vitriol, viral fandom over things that they don't like or, or things that aren't filmed the way they want really, really bothers me a little bit. It bothers me less now than it used to, because it, it, I may not be a big giant gung ho fan of the prequels that came out. I thought they were kind of a little, they looked beautiful. They, they were wonderful. They were shot on the soundstage. I don't think there's any of the prequels that were shot outside at all. I think they were all on a stage with yeah, green screen. That, that, it wasn't. That's like one and of the main things that bothered me. It's too it, squeaky clean it, it, and beautiful, but that's yes, fine. It was that's so pretty and so but not I, gritty like the original. Yeah, I thought at the time. At times, I was watching a video game. Sometimes it was kind of weird. <laughs> but the 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 some of the characters they were written they were written very Shakespearean. There was there wasn't a lot of humor in the prequels. They were all very serious. And really, the only my favorite character from the prequels is uh, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. If he, if he yes. hadn't been in them, if he hadn't been in them, I think I would have liked them even less. 
I would have disliked them even more. So, um, but I don't, I don't subscribe to the, oh, I hate these movies and I think they should be erased from the lexicon and, and writing, uh, I think you mentioned on one of your podcasts about Jar Jar that you said, uh, what was the guy that played him? So I'm at best. I'm at best. Yes. Yeah. People sending him death threats and whatnot, and people uh, uh, also insulting. Uh, is it Kelly, Kelly Kelly Tran? Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose in the yeah. in the in the sequels. I'm like, you people need to understand. I I call those people Beatle screamers. <laughs> Beatle screamers. When, yeah. When, here, I'll explain it to you. Please. Back in the, when you back in the '60s, if you ever find footage of the Beatles in concert or even Elvis Presley, yeah. or, or just take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> there are people out there screaming their asses off and fainting. And and having and going into convulsions and having to be taken to the hospital because they can't handle it. They're soiling themselves and and just going nuts over someone. That's what I call the Beatle screamers. They 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 lose <laughs> they lose base and touch with reality. They oh lose touch God. with reality. I, I just found the title of this episode. <laughs> the Beatle screamers. Yeah, I got to write. That down. It's 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 people that like. Oh, I hate this movie so much. I'm going to write a death threat to the character to this guy who plays Jar Jar, <laughs> even though. Uh, hello, uh, he's just a, a, an actor. He's not really that character. You do realize that, don't you? Yeah. I guess some of them. I guess some of them don't, and they they lose touch with the reality. Mike, that's what they're, it is. Yeah, yeah. I've never, it's crazy. I never understood it. You know, I've never come in contact. You know, just like with the with the Democrats and Republicans, all the all the people out there that you know, the Antifa and all that crap, and the people that get mad about. Oh, you got to call me he and him and all that. I've never come across that crap, and I've well, you, but you know I've never come not, across these Star Wars people like this either. No, I haven't either. Thank goodness. I know they're out there because I'm on Twitter and I see them on social media all the time. But it's a lot easier for but, them to be anonymous. Yeah, you to, know, to, you know, I, but, I call them thumb warriors now. Thumb warriors. Yeah, <laughs> the Beatles you know screaming. The Beatles phone. screaming thumb warriors. Oh yeah. my god! Thank <laughs> That's you great. for that. Well, you know what's you know what's funny too is it's not it's nothing new. It's nothing new in the '60s. You remember a little show called Gilligan's Island, obviously. You've seen Gilligan's Island, right? Yes. Uh, Gilligan's Island was a great show. I used to watch it in syndication. I thought it was great. It's a comedy about seven people marooned on an island, and it's a sitcom. It was funny. And there were people that wrote letters to CBS uh, or wrote, wrote letters to the Coast Guard demanding that they send someone to that island to rescue those people. Didn't they have special guests on that show? Yeah, but can you can you believe people wrote letters no. saying please rescue these people? No, I can't. Real? I mean, yeah. Wouldn't they think and seeing some of these special guests that are on like? Yeah, Wait you're right. Minute. Why is there a basketball player on there? And uh, why is there a laugh and, track of rescue- music <laughs> as well? You know why? <laughs> Oh Beatles screamers, <laughs> Beatles screamers. They're Beatles screamers. I'm telling you, back in 19, the late 70s, you remember the TV nighttime soap Dallas? Yes, I do. Okay, Larry Hagman, he played on I Dream of Ginny, he played Major Nelson. Well, he played J.R. Ewing, the evil J.R. Yeah. on Dallas. That's the first actor I remember receiving death threats from people for his portrayal of J.R. because he was so evil. And I'm like, people, he's an actor. He's not <laughs> really that guy. Well, 
So it's been happening for years, Mike. It really has. People are not the brightest light bulbs. I tell you. No, they're not. And I and I lose all hope in humanity, especially uh, at at the taping of of this podcast. We're, we're we're currently there's some kind of weird coronavirus thing going on yeah. in, in Europe and other parts of the world, which is nowhere near as, as as bad as as the flu. By the way, the flu actually has killed more people than Corona, but it's kind of a panic thing. And I understand. I don't want to take it lightly. Right. But there are actually people out there that think that it has something to do with the Corona beer <laughs> with the Mexican beer. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, please beetle screamers, please stop. Beetle stop screamer it. thumb warriors. That's right. This fall on Fox. <laughs> we, we must, we must, we must defeat them all. Oh, that's going to be in the next star Wars daily weekend edition. Somehow <laughs> I'm going to find a way to put it in there. <laughs> beetle screamers, thumb warriors. <laughs> So that that's kind of it in a nutshell, and and then I, then we, I to answer your question. Yes, the prequels weren't my favorite. Uh, I thought the Revenge of the Sith was really rushed, and I thought they had to really cram everything in to, to resolve everything. And there, I thought there were some mistakes made, but but uh, but now the pre the the sequels now uh, the fan the, um, the the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi and uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I actually did enjoy the sequels much better than the than the. Than the, the the previous the prequels that came before uh but i you have a platform to go out and say what you want about these movies have you ever went on and raised holy hell about it i don't i don't know if raising holy hell would be what i I did but we did we did get we did have a star wars uh tribute day right uh the the saturday after the uh the rise of skywalker was released and i dedicated almost almost the entire program that day two hours of radio right to talking about Star Wars, kind of what we're doing here on this in this installment of the podcast, and um, I, I expressed I expressed my, that I did like the the Rise of Skywalker, but I did sit there and go, yeah, but I can see a lot of shades of Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, a yeah. lot of the same storylines, but I didn't I did enjoy it. I think it's the weakest out of the last three. But but I did like it. I did not give it a thumbs down. I gave it a thumbs up. If you want a thumbs up or thumbs down, I give it a thumbs up. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Now I don't want to kick <laughs> yeah. you off. No, just right. kidding. <laughs> yeah, I already like Last Jedi. You know, I already I'm already suffering for that. So, oh, yeah. we're not recording anymore. Oh well. No, but, I'm know, just kidding. I can't I, say I that say because about, I, like I gotta it. say this. I gotta say this about the Last Jedi. Ryan, I liked it. Uh, uh, he he did something. He tried to do something different, and I thought it was fantastic what Ryan Johnson did. I thought it was a it was a different movie. I thought it was. I, th- I thought he took everything that the that the naysaying Star Wars fan, the 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 really the really fanatic fans, just right. took everything and just turned it up upside down on its side. You know, made Luke the the bitter, you know, guy because the whole the whole movie of the Last Jedi is about one thing: failure. The whole film is about that. Yeah. And that's part of life. You know, you got to grow up and learn that. But what people also needed to understand is like the Empire Strikes Back, the Last Jedi is act two of a three act play. Yeah. And, and I realize yeah. that stuff. And I tell you, I've heard that there's there's a there's a script floating around out there that someone's seen or Colin Trevorrow's script. Colin Trevorrow's script for, for Rise of Skywalker. I really would like to have read that. And I, I think and I know see. where I can I think I can get it to you. Well, that's good. I would I would like to check it out because I'm I'm thinking I'd probably dig it. I think it was called <laughs> Duel of Fates. Duel of Fates. Wow, that's a track off one of the soundtracks. Yeah, off of uh, right. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Yeah, exactly. I think Phantom that Menace. was the fight with uh, that's right Obi Wan and them. That's that's exactly right. And and there's a whole other area we could we could explore. John Williams. What a fantastic 
music composer, film music composer. The guy's a legend. In fact, I think we were talking the other day how many classic movie composers are left from the old school. And we thought, wow, John Williams, we think maybe the last one that's left still around. Yeah, there's not a lot. I think Alvin Allen Silvestri is still around. Yeah, Alan Silvestri is still around, but he, Alan really only started in the early 80s, so I still kind of consider him along the James Horner newer second generation oh, okay. guys. Yeah, but but he is fantastic. See, Don't get me I'm wrong. I'm thinking I mean, Jerry, of my childhood music. You're thinking of your, your child, childhood yeah. music, which is <laughs> right. different than mine. <laughs> well, you know, Jerry Goldsmith was my favorite of all time. I was the biggest Jerry Goldsmith fan, another great music composer, Academy Award winner composer, Jerry Goldsmith. But I've John heard the Williams, name, but what did he do? Jerry Goldsmith. Oh my goodness, he did. He won an Academy Award for The Omen about Damien. He, oh. uh, he composed a lot of music for The Twilight Zone, the TV show. Oh, he composed wow. the Star Trek, the Star Trek, the Motion Picture, Star Trek Five, all the next gen, most of the next generation Star Trek films. There you he go. did. Uh, he did the Rambo films with Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he, his movies were you know, Medicine Man, Hoosiers. Twilight that's, Zone. That's what I kind of liked about like some of the old classic movies is they yeah. actually used like classical kind of music they didn't use like like in the 80s there was a lot of you know cheesy 80s rock songs and oh yeah s the synthesizer <laughs> stuff like i was a total nerd when i wanted a soundtrack i'm like could i get the soundtrack to uh so-and-so movie that i well do we have the soundtrack it's right over there i'm like no those are the songs from the film i don't want the song soundtrack i want the score like one of my favorite scores from any movie if you don't count star wars and I'm probably going to get laughed at for this. Maybe not by you, but many others. Is Xanadu. I'll never laugh at you, Mike. You know that. I'll never laugh at you. You know that. Xanadu. Xanadu. Yeah. Well, hey, Mike, you're talking to the biggest ELO Electric Light Orchestra fan in the world right here. That's me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Jeff Lynn and ELO, we just saw him in concert in uh, last year. Oh, wow. Uh, That's here cool. in Atlanta. Did they play any and, of the Xanadu uh, music? He did the song Xanadu. He did the, the actual song. Yes, he did. And uh, they're fantastic. They're, I, what a great want, I want that soundtrack, but I want I want it cut from the movie, not right, cause, uh, cause I, I, I want the I want the um the dialogue in there. <laughs> yeah. The the diff the the, the the versions of the song in the film are a little different than on the soundtrack. You're right. They yeah, are but but hearing it with like when they're when they're when they're doing the like the the rock and the classic or or the the rock and like the forties music together. Yeah, with the Gene Kelly. Yes, yeah. and they bring it together. But like when they're talking back and forth, like between the music, <coughs> like oh That's no, right. how about this? And then they play, you know, the music. And then oh no no, what about this? And then they go. To, I want the Lover. I want the dialogue from the actors Lo in there too. Lover, I won't take a back seat. I got some yeah. dancing to do. Lover, That's right. I won't take a back seat tonight. <laughs> the two the tubes, the tubes. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I'm gonna cut that out. No, <laughs> oh come on. No, I'm not gonna cut it out. That's fantastic. Well, it's funny you should mention that because John Williams actually did bring back the old, uh, romanticized, uh, big orchestra sounds to sci-fi and movies in the '70s because they were going away from that. They were going more toward rock scores and electronic sounding things and goofy sounding things but yeah. he brought back that giant majestic score like things like Max Steiner did for Gone with the Wind all those old Warner Brothers films with uh with uh, uh 
uh, Earl Earl Flynn, his pirate films back in the 30s. They had big orchestra scores with yeah, Warner Brothers. I love that stuff. So they brought his Robin Hood stuff. So John Williams brought all that back, and and I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic. And 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 I I had the double album Star Wars soundtrack on vinyl when as a kid when it came out. I bought it, and I think I played that thing until the grooves were like widened out <laughs> and it sounded terrible. I wore it out. It's it's two pieces now. It's got like a ring around it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's great. So many things about star Wars. I remember are so, are so incredible. And, and a lot of people, a lot of kids can't remember a lot of folks that were kids can't remember anything or can't remember what it was like when there was no star Wars that existed. I can remember because I'm old enough to remember back when there was no star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. I I was, I seen empire in the theater when I was, what what would that make me? That was 78. I was four. Uh, 80 came out in 80 uh, oh no no i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah i was six i was six yeah so there you go yeah. you were six and, and i was uh 13 <laughs> <laughs> i would have thought you were an old man back then that's right oh he's 13 <laughs> man his his oh, age has teen old. in it now it says teen he's got an extra T-E-N. syllable <laughs> that's right from 12 like, to 13 what's a syllable <laughs> what's a syllable Oh, let's let's just go to the game room arcade and play some games. Yeah, right, got some quarters. <laughs> That's right. But, I got um, next game. Put my quarter on there. I got next game. Yeah, I've just never understood the 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 people that. I mean, there's so many good good things about Star Wars. I mean, it, the, a lot of it's it's great storytelling and like you know the music and yeah. How could you claim to be a fan of something like you're a fan of ELO? Would you ever go? Oh, this sucks, man. They should they should redo it. No, no, and 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 even if even if a Star Wars movie or a movie comes out, Star Trek, Indiana Jones, uh, James Bond film, whatever film franchise that you love, if one comes out that you really don't like, that's fine. You could not like it, but be totally civil about it and not want to erase everyone that had anything to do with it from the from the world and yeah. existence. You know, I, mean, I don't understand. I don't understand that. Uh, I don't understand that type of thinking at all. And believe me, there's things that have come out that I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> there are. I mean, I don't here. like everything. But I there, mean, there's a lot of Star Trek television that come out that I'm just not a fan of. Like, well, don't you like Star Trek? I'm like, yeah, I love Star Trek, but I'm, I just don't like that, and I I don't have to watch it if I don't like it. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, you're a fan of the old stuff. <laughs> yeah, and so, and some of the new stuff, but not all of it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, right? Like like we were saying, you're not going to be a thumb warrior, right? No, I'm not going to call for the firing and the beheading of the creators. No, I'm not going to do that. And all the actors be uh, run out of town on a rail. I'm uh, not going to do that. They should never right. work again. <clears throat> Ever. So so I decree. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, who do these people think they are? If they, if they want to be screenwriters and creators in Hollywood, let them pay their dues and go do it then. Yeah. Hey, it's BK on the air. This is the Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition. May the Force be with you. Greetings to all you Festians in the OR. It's time for your Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you this week by the Frickite Minds of Groma 16, Ice Again, and ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans. More cautious than a migrated Ewok, I'm your host, Mike Mann. Hey, everybody, it's me, Mickey Mouse. To start us off this week, 
K2 Fast, K2 Furious, a Cassian Andor story. That's right, finally we have some official news from the mouse about the Cassian Andor K2SO series set to air on Disney+. Diego Luna was asked many questions this past week at Disney's D23 Expo about a timeline for the series, and more specifically, filming, and he stated that yes, filming will begin this year. The spy thriller series starring Luna and Alan Tudek reprising his role as the Imperial droid K2SO will be a new twist on Star Warsing. And thus far, Disney seems to be doing a great job in that regard. We can most likely expect the series to debut sometime in late 2020 or into 2021. I find that vague and unconvincing. Next, on the same topic of Star Wars series, we have received some clever information this past week regarding the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Lat we knew. Workers at Pinewood Studios were told that primarily filming was effectively canceled. This is because Disney wants to go big. Yes, they want to spend some astro-mechanical amount of credits for this project. The final season of Game of Thrones was referenced as they dropped 90 million credits on the final season. Summed up, Lucasfilm wants to make a 10-part Kenobi story that will be comparable to a 10-part Kenobi movie that will be aired on Disney+. As both Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy have said before, for right now they want to focus on the series opposed to the films. And this falls right into line with that mindset. Hello there. And finally, the highly anticipated Clone Wars Season 7 will debut next week on Disney+. Plus. This means you only have a week to catch up on the previous seasons. Catching the war that ravaged the galaxy, friendships and alliances being made for a greater cause, and a menacing force driving the entire operation. Whatever plans you may have had this weekend and coming week should be canceled to make way for the Clone Wars Season 7. You'll thank Channel Star Wars next week for this. I promise. General Kenobi. That's all the time we have this week. Make sure you tune in again next week as we report on the latest from the Star Wars universe. For ChannelStarWars.com, I'm Mike Mann reminding you... Congratulations. You are being rescued. Please do not resist. And now back to BK on the air. Let's, let's do a little gear switch in here. All right, switching gears. You're a big fan of Captain America. Oh, I'm probably one of the biggest fans of Captain America. I know a lot of people with Marvel like Spider-Man and Iron Man, and I love all those guys too. But even growing up, Captain America, I mean, red, white, and blue, the shield, yeah. America, Patriot, how, how can you go wrong? Oh, no kidding. I mean, I, I've liked I've liked all that stuff, but with uh, Infinity War and Endgame, I've really become a fan of Thor. His entrance, Thor, yeah. his entrance on Wakanda after getting his axe – is probably oh, one of yes. the coolest <laughs> shots I've ever seen. I, I, the two when I saw Infinity War in the theater, the two biggest giant stand up and cheer moments were number one when Thor and and uh, Rocket and uh, and Groot land, you know, uh, on Wakanda, like you said. Yes. And earlier, when when uh, when the minions of Thanos throw the spear to try to kill the black widow and the shadowy figure across the subway catches it and he comes into the light and it's steve rogers oh yeah that was cool. that too. was another big reveal Ooh, so there chills. you go <laughs> i got chills right now too yeah and they're multiplying now, now i really i really like anthony mackie i think he's awesome as falcon and i know in the in the comics he becomes the cap he becomes captain america at one point for whatever reason he does he certainly does but 
do you are you fine with them handing the shield to Anthony Mackie? Because he doesn't have the super soldier serum in him. So he can't be right. big Billy badass Captain America like Captain right. America is. Why not hand it off to the Winter Soldier? Well, now, now uh, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, did in the comic right. become Captain America as well once. But I think it's probably best that they did it this way because some people, some people again, might not accept and have a problem accept, accepting Bucky being Captain America after all the, the the horrible things that he had did, like murder and, and, right. and killing people. And, stuff. and I know that he was under the influence. He was brainwashed. I know that. But it, it right. still happened. And I think he's got kind of like uh, – Black Widow says she'd like to use the term. She's got red in her ledger, oh, and yeah, and good. and Bucky has read a lot of red on his ledger too. So, <laughs> I think letting Sam Wilson. But I'll be honest with you, I'm going to miss like the Dickens. I'm going to miss Robert Downey Jr. and and uh, and Chris Evans uh, not being in films because <laughs> they really. And how many years have I waited for a Captain America movie to be made, and they finally made one that was that did it justice and said it in World War II and did it the right way? You know, Marvel did, that, and to I was me, so glad. To me, that's one of the the that and Iron Man, the first Iron Man, are probably the greatest Marvel movies they've made. That's, and I will I will agree with you, brother. Captain America, the first Avenger, and the first Iron Man probably are so the two best good, movies. man. So so good. I, I was almost in tears coming out of the first Avenger, knowing how good that movie was. Yeah, and, I mean, and he, fantastic. Uh, Chris Evans, he he played it so well from start to finish. Oh yeah, he did. And and Marvel Marvel Studios, let's not get them mixed up with Sony and other people. No, but if it had Marvel Studio, if the actual Marvel product Marvel Studios made the film, even the ones that are maybe the weakest ones they did, and I and I can tell you the three, maybe the four weakest marvel films that they've made from marvel studios uh incredible hulk the second thor movie dark world and um uh, uh the the captain captain marvel and i'm and don't get me wrong i'm in no way saying that those films are bad i'm just saying those are probably their weakest offerings that they've done and they are still good i agree with you except for captain marvel i, I oh, okay. really i really enjoyed that movie i mean I did too. Oh, I did too. I enjoyed them all. It, it I was fun. It was I think, lacking I, something. I, think I don't part, know what it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they kind of, yeah, she was the savior of of everything at the end, but they kind of, right. uh, they did kind of shoehorn it. I think. And she was she was kind of the one that was shortchanged in Infinity War. I thought she was going to do more. She was kind of shortchanged uh, yeah. uh, doing so. I know she came in at the end to kind of help everything at the end, but I guess that was that was the point to make her come in and have a big entrance at the end like that. So that was all right. Yeah, and I I, I, I would have said – I was going to interrupt you and say the second Thor, but you said it. <laughs> yeah, and, and by no means is the, does the dark world suck. I would never use the word suck as, as any right. of these films. All of them were really good, and they're, they're good to watch in order because they all – are all connected into the same world, right. the Marvel Universe world, and then you know I'm sure we can we can save an entire uh, subject for another podcast on what's wrong with DC and Warner Brothers. So uh, they have their own problems that they have to. Uh, to they do have their own problems, problems, but and, and, you know I think a lot of their problem. Maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> which I usually am, but maybe it's just the writers. Nobody wants to take risks <laughs> like Marvel did. Yeah, that could be true. That I, could be true because I, they're great characters. The DC characters are great characters. Oh, I love Batman. And I love to them see, too. Yeah. To see Affleck as Batman, 
I mean, finally, we have a Batman that looks like he does in the comics. He's just a big right. beast. And then, I mean, Kristen Bale was good, but then you get right. Then you get the vampire bat. Yeah, and we haven't even seen him yet. But the footage I've seen, I'm like, again, where's what are they thinking? I, Didn't you see and, the and picture that just came out? I, of him? I did. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what they're thinking. And and at the time that we're doing this podcast, which I don't know when people will be listening to it, but uh, Suicide Squad, uh, uh, Birds of Prey is in, are, is in the theater right now, and right. it's not doing that well. It's not making a lot of money, and they've decided to to change the title uh, in midstream to mm -hmm. uh, to Harley, uh, Harley Quinn and the and the Birds of Prey. And I'm like thinking that will save it. So. It's almost like the ship is sinking and we're trying to bail it out. Now, I will tell you, Mike, there are three of the later DC films that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. I thought it was oh, fantastic. Yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed Aquaman. Mm -hmm. I thought Aquaman was the best DC attempt at a Marvel movie yet. Right. I thought it was really over the top. It was really great. The, the fight at the end, I was just cheering at the end. And I really enjoyed Shazam. I thought yeah. Shazam was fun. I thought Shazam was a cleaned up kids version of Deadpool. Yeah, I agree. That and, you tongue know, in cheek, uh, wink, wink. Hey, you know what's going on I'm, here? There's I'm a superhero. No That's right. There's no profanity or raunchy stuff like but, Deadpool. Yeah. You know, you bring that up. I think that is also where DC slipped. They tried to shoehorn all these characters together right away. Yeah, I mean, you're Batman right. And then they, then they came out with a, awesome. Yeah. But then you try to shoehorn Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, right. Batman. And Superman all into one movie. I mean, come on. Now yeah. that they have all these other characters, you know, flushed out, Wonder Woman, Aquaman yeah. flushed out, Shazam, why can't they like 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 they did in the Marvel universe, bring those together? Exactly. And I had high hopes before Suicide Squad came out. And when I saw Suicide Squad, I was so incredibly disappointed. I left the th I left the theater. I'm like, what did what is going on? They're trying they're trying so hard to be to, to play these pop music in between these scenes and make them make them match like Guardians of the Galaxy, that fun right. way of doing it. And they just couldn't make it work. Now, I know some people that did like it, but I, I didn't like it. It is going to be interesting, though, to see the next Suicide Squad movie with James Gunn directing it, uh, as you well know. That James Gunn, the guy that directed the first two Guardians of the Galaxy, went over to DC, and he's directing the new Suicide Squad film. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, back when they, but when Disney fired James Gunn for that, those tweets that he made, they but fired. I thought him. he was coming back for. Uh, well, he was. He is three. They, for they brought they, three. He is. They brought him back. Disney said, "Well, we'll we'll forgive him and bring him back." But he had already started production on Suicide Squad, the second film of the Suicide Squad. So he's in the middle of doing that right now. Mm, so it's going to be interesting to see how different with, that is. With yeah, with Guardians, he knocked him out of the park. I mean, these were characters oh, yeah. that nobody gave a flying crap about. Yeah, and, and a lot of people hadn't heard of before. Right. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, I knew who they were because I'm a comic book reader from way back. Yeah. But I, I it was it was were. phenomenal out of this world. I think the only person I knew about was Groot, and that was just because right. in the past I remember seeing like a – a comic book or a picture with a walking tree on it. Unless I, walking, was, unless right. I saw Lord of the Rings, I can't remember. <laughs> well, and I tell you, an added plus of living in the Atlanta area here where we're, we are, we're constantly surrounded with all the Marvel productions that are being filmed here all the time. And it's great when we're driving down the road and we know we get caught in rush hour traffic. Everybody's heard of Atlanta traffic and whatnot. It is terrible. Yes. But when we, but when, but there's something different when I'm in downtown Atlanta and I have to stop and I see something going on up ahead. 
And I asked the cop, I'm like, hey, what's going on up there? And he's like, oh, they're filming uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, look, a traffic jam for that? Well, that's okay then. That's fine. That's, that's awesome. I can deal with that. <laughs> I'm much more apt to forgive them for that <laughs> than yeah, we, anything else. So We've gone down great. to Florida, and we try to avoid Atlanta. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good uh, idea yeah. <laughs> to do. I mean, so, I remember driving yeah. through when I was a kid, and I, th- I, I think they were working on the roads and the highways, gearing up for the Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah, that would have been a bad time. Yeah, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> well, it's certainly fun to see them. The actual town that I broadcast my radio show from is Cartersville, Georgia. It's a suburb just northwest of Atlanta, and uh, they shut down an ent- our entire downtown Cartersville. They used it for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. If you remember the movie, there's a there's a scene at the very beginning where Star-Lord's father is riding in a, in a Mustang, I think, with his, with his girlfriend, yes. and they're playing Brandy at the beginning. Well, that's right outside of Cartersville near a power plant in New Harley, Georgia. They filmed that all there. All the downtown scenes from Volume Two, Guardians of the Galaxy, when uh, when it shows the blue thing coming out of the ground and starting to take over Earth and stuff, that's all uh, downtown Cartersville where they filmed all those scenes is right there in front of my radio station, and it was phenomenal oh to have God, them in that's town. So awesome! They shut down Cartersville for a weekend and paid every merchant for the lost business when they were closed. Oh my God, that's so awesome <laughs> to film. And Mike, it was fantastic because they re they renamed all the businesses downtown to reflect some of the creators from Marvel. One of the places was called Kirby's Furniture Company, like oh, Jack Kirby. So neat. And and you never saw it in the film. They were just in the background. And uh, are you familiar with the superhero Wonder Man with Marvel? Um, it rings a bell. Yeah, Wonder Man is uh, he was in Hollywood and he has like uh, he's kind of like he's got these red eyes and whatnot. And he was an Avenger for a while. Well, in in the Marvel Studios version of the Avengers, Wonder Man they they've actually made jokes about it, but Wonder Man is um, Nathan Fillion. If they ever let him play him, they'll probably let Nathan Fillion Fillion play him. You know, the guy from uh, Castle and uh, Firefly. Yeah. Well, in the back, there's a theater in, in Cartersville where they had to put up fake movie posters that's right beside our TV uh, radio station. Yeah. And all of them have Nathan Fillion on them as Wonder Man. You never see him in the film, but they made them and put them up in case they were going to film in front of that theater. Oh, my and God. That's, that's so awesome. Interesting bit of trivia for you there. Oh, man. That's so cool. You, you <laughs> it was great. They had to, they had to change the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had to change the name of our radio station because we were doubling. If you notice when the movie comes on at the beginning, it's a, it's a town, I think, in Missouri where, where Star-Lord is riding with the girl at the beginning, but we're Cartersville, Georgia. So they had to change the uh, the call signs for our radio station from WBHF to KWIK. It had to start with a K since it was in Missouri. So they changed the entire front of our radio station to make it look like it was another radio station. Oh, my God. That's and, so and, awesome. And when they were done, they had to change the entire downtown city of Cartersville back to the way it was before they got there. And they did. All in a weekend? All in a weekend. That's where your that's where a lot of your budget for a film goes right there is all that kind of stuff that you don't see. That's some awesome, awesome people doing that, man. That it was and it was a it, it was a fun time. It was it was over from a Friday till Sunday night. That they did it in two days. Um, I know uh I know part of uh like the down they were fighting downtown in Civil War when he first started fighting Bucky. No, was no right? it wasn't Civil yeah. War, it was uh was this no, it was um Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Now, Winter Soldier was not filmed in Atlanta. No, a lot of the yeah. fight scenes were them downtown, which right. was filmed yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm in Columbus, Ohio. So, 
Oh yeah, okay, that's right. It's, cool, that's it's, awesome. It's not as cool as shutting down your entire town where you live. <laughs> right, right. But it's still kind of neat. <laughs> well, you know, you remember, you remember how the Avengers building looks in the Avengers, the, the building, the big white building with the A on it. Yeah, that's the Porsche car manuf- uh, building in South Atlanta, just down near the airport. That's the dealership. Where, that's that no, well, it's the Porsche headquarters for the Southeast United States. That's oh. their building. Oh, so they took the P off and put an A, huh? They just put the P off and put the A. That's <laughs> that right. so freaking cool. I can so sit on here and talk to you just, all day about this. I know. It's crazy walk, driving by all these things down here. Uh, did you did you get to see Did you get to see Zombieland Double Tap? No, I did not. Okay. Again, totally filmed all around me in Atlanta, and I'm picking out all the locations when I watch oh. it. It was really fun to watch, but it's it's really fun. I mean, I love I love that they that they've chosen this area here to, to for all of that because it's just fun to to watch and, and see what and see the process of how it of how it's going on and what takes place when they film things. Oh man, that is oh. so. We, it's a passion. <laughs> we love this stuff, don't we? Aren't we oh, passionate yeah. about this well, stuff? Were were you happy with the way they wrapped up that phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I really was. When when Endgame came out, I'm like, man, that was that was so satisfying. That was like a great meal at a five star restaurant. It had the appetizer, the main course, and the dessert all oh. together. It was fantastic. So wonderful. What'd you think of uh, uh, Cap catching the hammer? I loved it, and I and I thought. I, I kind of predicted that it might happen because if you remember, I do. In uh, in in the uh, <laughs> Age of Ultron, he tries to pick it up in front of all of them at the party. Yeah, <laughs> and it moved just a little bit, and I'm thinking, you know, what happened was Steve. The look on could, Thor's face was yeah. so great. <laughs> now you have your theory about Jar Jar being a Sith Lord. I have my theory that Steve Rogers knew he could pick that hammer up, but he chose not to do it in front of them. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because he could have picked it up right there. He's where he was worthy then, but he did use the hammer in the Captain America comic book. He got a hold of it from Thor. Thor was in trouble, and, and he picked up the hammer and used it in the comic. So Steve Rogers did use the hammer in the comic book once. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, he man. did. I'll send I'll send you the issue where he does, and I'll send you some screenshots from oh, it. Yeah, thank you. That'd be awesome. I'd love to. It see was that. fantastic. But I mean, that was that was a big applause excitement moment. Oh in the yeah, film that the, the the audience went insane when that happened. Oh yeah, was it was at. great. And, I mean, I didn't think nothing of it that it was going to happen. I I didn't have a theory that it might happen because I I didn't know if he could pick it up or not. But, right. I mean, you you had an idea because you'd seen it in previous comics, but yeah. I'm sitting there and that hammer starts to raise and I know Thor's in trouble. I thought maybe Thor's getting his hammer and yeah. it flew and then they showed cap catch it. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> and Thor goes, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, well, so good. I like Thor really had good. the big, the big ax and the little hammer. He goes here, you take the little one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So. It was it was it was great. Another and you know, thank goodness for these superhero movies because I've been wanting these for years. I've gone thirty, and I had to wait thirty five years for for a, a really good Spider Man and a, and a Captain America movie. And these are the these these films, these superhero films, Mike, are probably are what the westerns, the western genre were to the fifties and early sixties. Yeah. That was the biggest genre of the time back in the earlier days of hollywood now that this is the biggest genre now and and it, we, it's an exciting time to be a comic book fan especially when it comes to movies oh yeah i'm 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 so excited for the next one 
I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm excited for it. Well, the next Marvel one will be Black Widow this year. will be coming out with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, that's right. I'll go see that yeah. in silence. And uh, <laughs> by the way, you heard uh, there's a there's a director named Scott Dickerson that directed the first Doctor Strange film, which was fantastic. Doctor Strange film with Benedict it, Cumberbatch. It was, was it was weird, but it was good. It was very good. And Scott Dickerson had a lot to do with it, and he directed it. Well, you know, he quit Doctor Strange 2 uh, Adventures in the Multiverse. He quit. He, he walked. Why? He, uh, he had creative differences. It was reported creative differences with Marvel and Disney. So he left. And now the person that's in talks to direct it is Sam Raimi. Oh, so if they get Sam, I'll be happy. Sam oh, Raimi's a yeah. fantastic director. I'm a big fan. Just of Sam as long Raimi. as he doesn't have Doctor Strange walking down the street dancing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and son, if he does, it better make sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My son, he's eight years old. He just got into Spider Man. And oh, I mean, great! What a great he, age. He's he's like a he's like one of those kids that get a hold of something and it just beat it into the ground oh yeah you know, and well, I, I love the Raimi trilogy even even three i like spider-man oh three. yeah me what too. he was trying to do with i, I showed him one i don't have two but we're in the middle of watching three right now oh and that's awesome well good th- th- to me toby mcguire is my spider-man he is. He was my favorite Peter Parker as well. I, with all due respect to Tom Holland, who's really good too. Right. Uh, I really like the the Raimi Spider Man's. Yes, the best. me too. I th- I think they're I think they're great. And Kirsten Dunst. Um, hey, Mike. If anybody asks me what my three favorite superhero films of all time are, I tell them. Uh, number three is uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Number two. That's your is, number three. That's my number three. Number two is. Spider-Man, the first one that Sam Raimi directed, and my number one is Superman the movie with Christopher Reeve is my favorite all-time superhero movie oh. of all time. To me, that's the one that they're all yes. compared to. I, I would... Uh, man, I don't I know. I mean, of all time, not just of the later ones. If, I mean, of all time. If I had to if I had to do that, I, my number one would probably be Superman as well. Superman is incredible. Incredible um, movie. John, talk about John Williams' music again. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, I get Fantastic. chills hearing that Superman theme. Oh, yeah. Um, my number two would probably have to be Iron Man. Good choice. Yeah, and, that's great. And then Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and I, which I just saw uh, recently, and I thought it was uh, pretty, very well done. I really enjoyed it. They, I thought they did a great job. And you know that song he's always singing? Yeah. That's a real song. Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know, that. know I just like... <laughs> I like that. That's, That's catchy. Great. It's from an uh, an artist named Post Malone. Oh, okay. Wow. I yeah. have to watch it again and hear it again. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was great. I and Nicolas Cage. I mean, come on, Nicolas Cage. Do I got to say anything right. else? <laughs> right. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? If you hadn't told me it was him, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, he was the black and white <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, the fact that they put Spider Ham in there, the pig, I yeah. thought that was just hilarious. You know, from Marvel. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? It's it's always it's been it's been fun being a fan of this stuff. I'm so glad that that uh, that that I'm able to, to talk about it for two hours every day on a radio show because no one tells me no one comes in and goes, "Hey, you can't talk about this," and make sure you do this on your show. Make sure you do that. I have pretty much carte blanche for two hours on Saturday to pretty much talk about anything that I'm passionate, fan, nostalgia, geek, all of that things, the things that we cover and that we love that we grew up with. I'm so lucky to be able to have an outlet to do that uh, on and off. I was been with two or three radio stations over my career, but this is probably the most fun I've ever had uh, on a radio show is the one I presently have every Saturday. I'm grateful and thankful to have it. I really so do, do you only do it one day a week? Do you only 
on yeah, the radio once a yes, week? Yes, only on Saturday. The, the station I was with before, I was on Saturday nights from 9 to midnight. And it was a whole different feel being on at night from yeah. 9 to midnight, which means I didn't have much of a social life. Right. I didn't. I couldn't go anywhere because I, I got to go to the radio station. You ain't telling me, man, because with this new job, <laughs> I mean, they called me in and I had to go in at 3.30 in the afternoon and I got off at oh, 4 wow. o'clock the next day. Oh, wow. So you were on the road for that. Wow. And I was, I was awake yeah. the whole time. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's dedication. Yeah, though. I mean, even though there's a, a bed in the back of the truck, <laughs> I just don't feel comfortable. And, you know, it's moving down the road. You don't know right. the guy you're with. You don't know if he's a crackpot. You don't know what he's going to do. So, you know, I just stay up. You know, if I'd fall asleep, I'll doze off in the seat. Hey, dude, it's the same thing as being on the radio. The guy on the other side of the microphone, you don't know if he's a crackpot or whatever. So I got yeah. the same problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, but, really but if the guy's a crackpot, you're not going to slide into a bus or a bridge pillar. Well, no, but the guy's a crackpot on the air with me, it just adds to the excitement. Oh, yeah. Well, if you ever need another person on the radio with you, just let me know. I'll I'll do that. Because I would love to do it. (laughs) You'll have to bring in, you'll have to bring an air horn in with you from the truck to blow from time to time. I could do that. When we do something crazy. Yeah. I could could do that. (laughs) But, you know, it's so, it's so, it's so different now because in the old days of radio, we didn't have the internet. We didn't, we didn't have broadcasting on, on a on a stream on your website, we didn't you have had to things do your like, own research, right? We had we didn't have. Well, I'm saying you, you couldn't hear me. I mean, right now you can hear me anywhere. Oh, yeah. in the world or the universe, if you've got a signal and the TuneIn app or, or or a computer, if you can't hear me locally on the radio, you can hear me anywhere. And that just was not possible 15, 20 years ago <sighs> with with radio. You were you were you were uh, trapped within the the confines of your broadcast signal, and that's no longer the case anymore. Yeah, I think any of these shows that talk about pop culture should listen to your show and take an example from it. Oh well, I appreciate it. I, I don't. I always say you want you ever want to hear how about to do a radio show? No, no, show. no. I mean, Saturday. come on, seriously, it's dude. It's <laughs> it's a fun show, and you you've talked about stuff that like I'm not. You know, you, you put all these pictures up on Instagram of like old ads and you know i never thought i would i would be like oh my god that's so cool i haven't seen that in two decades like <laughs> it's it's and, just so fun it's just i feel so passionate about that stuff that i remember growing up i come from a family of, of divorced parents and television and movies babysat me after school so that's it's just it's just a lot of years of a misspent youth Spending too much time in front of the TV and reading comic books is I mean, what my life is. I'm I'm all about like like I said I'm 45, but in my head I'm like 14 or 15 years old. And right, exactly. Everything I like. I mean, very rarely is there any music today that I will listen to and be like, I like that. I mean, I I'm stuck listening to stuff from when I was a kid. I'm a big Anthrax and Metallica fan and big Megadeth fan. And I like oh, the old wow. 80s pop and, you know, the old Madonna, <laughs> oh, wow. the old, yeah. you know, the kinks, the uh, talking heads, all that old stuff. So when I see these pictures of an old ad that you put up or an old, oh, yeah. old something or other, I'm just like, this is so cool. And I mean, oh, yeah. I, that's why, like, a while back, I sent you a picture of, like, those old phones. Because I was, yeah. In a, oh, yeah. I was in a, um, a place called Kosai, and they have a an area that's like an old town and in the in the window is is, is like old ads or uh, oh wow yeah you know those old phones there's like an old tv studio and i mean the stuff you post is fun 
to me. Well, anyway. I, you and I both remember back when MTV was new and when they actually played music videos. That's right. <laughs> Good stuff. I mean, I didn't have MTV for a while and TBS Turner Broadcasting from Atlanta, Channel 17, as they used to be called, used to play a show called uh, Night Tracks, and it was a different type of video show. But I it was remember still that show. Music. They played music videos, and that's how I used to see music videos, was on Night Tracks, and USA Up All Night on with Rhonda Shear on USA. I remember now. that. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the way I got to see them when I didn't have MTV. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to get my kids to watch the old movies that I watched as a kid. There's that... Uh, Oh, man, what was it? It was it had River Phoenix in it, and I think it had that. Uh, uh, they they built a spaceship. You're about the kids that made the spaceship out of the uh, tilt world. Right? Yes. Yeah, you're talking about explorers. Yes, explorers, explorers. <laughs> I tried to get them directed, to watch that. Directed by Joe Dante, the guy that made Gremlins, and music by Jerry Goldsmith. Another oh my Jerry god! Goldsmith yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I need to have uh, you Ethan, in my ear Ethan, all the Ethan time. Hawk. Ethan, <laughs> Ethan Hawke was Hawk, the other Ethan kid. Hawk. Yeah. And um, yeah. uh, Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator, uh, fantastic, yeah. Oh, man, all these old movies. Cloak and Dagger, do you remember that? With, with, uh, with, the, Danny, with the Henry with, Thomas. Yeah, Henry and Thomas. Dabney Coleman. Dabney Coleman, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I hunted Cloak that movie down for 10 years. Yeah, that was a hard, that went out of print. I don't know why that movie was so well, hard to find. I, so I, don't, I don't want, I, if I'm hunting for something, I want to try to find it out in the real world real world i don't want to just yeah. go on the internet and type some buttons and, oh there's the movie i want so right. i was in tennessee uh, a couple years ago and i was like hey guys i'm i'm looking for this movie and they there was a lot of old stuff in there i was like it's called cloak and dagger and they're like oh know. wait and they wait, looked wait it a up minute. wait a minute mike I'm what, can i guess what can i guess what store you were in in tennessee can i guess you could try were, were you in a store that had a lot of books and videotapes and a lot of stuff yeah was it called mckay's was it in an old looking mall? It's it's a standalone store that has thousands of videotapes and CDs and books no, and paperbacks. Okay, I well, wish it store. was. You were, that would have been awesome. You were you were describing a, sh- uh, a store in Chattanooga called McKay's. And if you oh. ever get a chance to make a road trip, go there sometime. It's a gigantic store. I just gave them a free plug, but they're great. <laughs> McKay's. <laughs> McKay's. They're um, fantastic. It was. Um, I can't remember the name of the store, but it was in a like in a mall in. Uh, Pigeon Forge, I think. Oh, okay. Wow. That's fantastic. I love finding little nuggets and, and oh, things yeah. that I'm looking for like that. Well, uh, they didn't have it. They said, well, we can order it and it'll be in, in like three days or something. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm leaving. Can you ship it? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I paid for it and they shipped it. And fantastic. It's, it's like cool. a pack of like three or four <laughs> different movies and Cloak and Dagger okay. is one of them. Good. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I I I love the old movies. I I love to try to get my kids into that stuff because hey, this is what I enjoyed as a kid, and maybe you can learn a little something about your dad watching right. this movie. Why I liked it so much. Right, and, so, it, and it's so it's so fun. I even had the, the I had the influence of my parents growing up, so I got to expose a lot to a lot of fifties and sixties music growing up in the seventies. So it all is always nice to to. Uh, to listen and broaden your horizons uh, and get out of the era that you're from to discover things maybe from the past too. Cause yeah. there's a lot of it out there that you really enjoy and you, and you find out that you really like that stuff. Yeah. My mom got me into a lot of older movies. Like I would sit at home on Saturdays because I had no life and watch <laughs> join the, join the club. <laughs> yeah. Watch old movies with my mom. 
And I mean, yeah. Bridge Over the River Kwai, we watched. Yeah, with, with Alec Guinness. Yeah. yeah. Grease. Uh, what was that one? The Rear Window. With Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, great. just, yeah, just a bunch of old black and white. I, we watched some of Twilight Zones. I yeah. would watch Bob Newhart with my dad and laughing. Bob and... Newhart, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean. That's some great stuff, man. Great memories. I love it. And and I think that's a lot of why I'm the way I am with with liking this older stuff and not wanting to grow up. And, you know, obviously I'm going to watch the newer movies that, you know, they're a lot more fun than they were back then because of special effects and they could pretty much do anything. But, right. But, you know the stuff that made me feel good and feel like I had fun when I was a kid, you know, you, you just explained the exact reason why I do the radio show that I do and, and why I've been doing it. That's exactly the reason that I do it. That's so much. That's so awesome, man. I'm glad you're able to do something like that. And, and I'm glad you're able to get me on the radio. I mean, I never thought in a million years. I mean, I've been on the radio before, like calling in. I'm number, I'm caller number 10, you know, but right, right. <laughs> you know, never in a million years. I mean, after, uh, whose name will not be said, um, the guy before here, before me, I mean, I always did the editing. He would send me the voice track and I would do the editing. Well, there was a falling out with him. He left. And I'm, I said to my buddy, Jason, I'm like, dude, I'm not a writer do you want to write this? And he is a hardcore down the rabbit hole geek all the time. I mean, he, he, he will research something until it, until it says the end, you know, at the end on the internet, it's like the end, there's no right. more information about this. And, well. you know, and he writes it and I'm like, okay, here we go. And I, I read it and I've played it for some people and they think it's cool. But when I tell people, oh, yeah, I do a little new spot, and it's on the radio in Atlanta, they're like, really? So, well, I mean, I can't thank you enough. There's not enough time in this world to thank you <laughs> well, for I've not letting me do that. I appreciate it like you wouldn't believe. I, I'm glad that we – Star Wars, let's face it, is a huge part of fandom, and it, it has been for a long time. It's what we've been talking about. And it, and it will be for many years to come, and I wanted to – I wanted to spot in the show every Saturday to just cover what was going on in the world of star Wars and teaming up with, with everyone at channel star Wars, channel star Wars.com. I'm glad that, that we can share that uh, mutual association on the air and talk about what we love. You and me both. Hey, can I ask you one more question about a little, little insight to the radio business? Uh, Sure. Yeah, go ahead. What do the letters mean? What do the letters mean? You know, sometimes with radio stations, what is that? <laughs> right. Sometimes, sometimes with radio stations, they mean something, and sometimes they don't mean anything. Uh, they're just assigned to you. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't know what BHF means at my radio station. I've never asked the, the management and the owners there what it means. It may mean something. I don't think it does. But a lot of other stations have um, call letters that actually are acronyms for something in the old days, and it depends on how old a radio station you are. Some radio stations, if you know, only have three letters instead of four. And if you're a radio station or a TV station that has only three letters, that means you started a long time ago. But you, you mentioned like, oh, they had to change in Cartersville. They had to change the sign to a W or a K because it's right. a Mississippi thing. 
<laughs> right. I think every every radio station that's west of a certain line of Mississippi or Louisiana, somewhere in Texas, somewhere in there, I don't know where the line is. All radio stations from that line on out west, as you know, start with a K, like K-R-O-L and K-something. Everything the other way to the east starts with a W. Why they did that, I have I have no idea. It was just a FCC regulation to, to, to has to do with location, I guess, way back in the day, as far as I can tell. I never really delved into that very deeply. Hmm. You might have to go down a rabbit hole. I will, and, and I'm very apt and prone to do that very often, <laughs> especially on, on YouTube. <laughs> Sometimes so, yeah. it's dangerous. Exactly. Especially we were talking like on the Wikipedia. We were talking on the air. The we were talking on the air today, as a matter of fact, yeah. about how someone started. There are videos out there that show young kids trying to operate a a, a Sony Walkman with a cassette player, listening to ACDC and classic <laughs> rock for the first time. And it's funny to see these little nine, ten year old kids' reaction listening to Kiss and ACDC and Motley Crue. It's so funny if you can watch it. Check it out on YouTube. It's hilarious. Oh, there's a guy my wife follows. I think he's on Instagram, but I think he's got a YouTube channel. Well, he'll he'll go and listen to uh, a metal song for the first time or listen to this song or watch this for the first time and record his reaction. And like the first oh, time yeah. he, he listened to like Megadeth or something, he, he, he seemed to enjoy it, but you know, it's some of that stuff is just weird that, you know, you live <coughs> in this world and you've never listened to five seconds of Megadeth. Yeah, there's some things that you can't believe that people haven't listened or seen before. I was talking to somebody not too long ago that that, and and it takes me by surprise, but I got to realize there are people like that. I ran into somebody a week ago. They're like, you know, I've never seen Star Wars. Yeah, I did. I'm that like, too. never saw it ever, ever. Really, I'm like, well, I'm just taking it back. I don't know what to say other than just, <laughs> hey, watch it. <laughs> you know, it's, check like, it out. So. Uh, okay, why? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Why I mean, would you not see it? It's yeah. it, it's so ingrained in pop culture. I mean, if right. you if you know knowing it like I do, if you could watch a show and they can make a pop culture reference to Star Wars, but not oh, mentioning yeah. any of the ma- main characters, and you know it's and they'll get it. Yeah, it's yeah. so ingrained into the culture. How could, right. How could you not have seen it? Or you know, I mean, everybody knows I'm your father. Yeah. Even though that 90% of the people say it incorrectly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and they and they say beam me up Scotty incorrectly too. They never said beam me up Scotty on Star Trek ever. No, they never, they never did. They never used the words beam me up Scotty. It was never <laughs> said that way on Star Trek. It was either always one time Kirk said Scotty beam me up and one time he just said the term beam me up. But he never said Beam me up, Scotty, in those words. I mean, exactly. Haven't, haven't they put that on like T-shirts and posters? Oh, everywhere. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they really have. Exactly. So there's another bit of little trivia for you about a saying that was kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah, that's. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we've been going for an hour and 12 minutes. Wow. You got some editing to do. No, there's not a whole lot of editing in this. To do. <laughs> okay. I am going to put my Star Wars Daily Weekend edition in the middle. Well, fantastic. So I put that in now just because it's only on your show. I want to put it as far. I was putting it on other podcasts, but I mean, it was a lot of work to cut out the end of, you know, BK on the air. And then, you know, one guy wanted me to change the beginning. And every person that I let hear it that thought about putting it on their podcast said, can you take the ads out in the beginning? 
And I'm like, what oh, ads? Wow. I said, like, those are fake Star Wars ads. They, they're saying. not real. There's only then Mike. There's Mike. I would take that as a compliment. He actually thought those were real ads. Exactly. Really I told well. I told my buddy Jason that, and he's like, "Really? They think it's real?" <laughs> I'm like, I, "I don't get it." Palpies, Palpies well, Bar and Grill. What? <laughs> right. Well, let me let me say right off the bat that I, I'm I'm honored to be on the podcast. I'm glad you asked me on. I've had a great time tonight talking about what we talked about. I hope everyone enjoys it. Oh, and too. I want to remind everybody they can hear me 10 a.m. till noon Eastern on WBHFRadio.org. It's BK on the air. I talk about I'm the king. I'm the big fat retro geek of nostalgic monkey business talk radio. That's all I do for two hours on Saturday. I'd love go. for people to and, tune in and listen. And if you can't get them on the radio, you can get them on the TuneIn radio app or – soundcloud yeah I, every time we're done every time we're done every saturday i upload it to soundcloud download the soundcloud app if you ever miss the show you can hear it there you certainly can that's why i mentioned the anchor thing to you and i'm looking into that i may yes. join anchor as well that's and that awesome. way you can leave them up yeah that's true and i and i and i'm definitely researching that right now we're back to go on vacation next week to universal studios in orlando we're going to be down there next week so uh i'm going to probably get the ball rolling with anchor when i get back yeah, do that, man. That'd be awesome. When um, are you uh, are you gonna have a show this Saturday? Yes, I will. But uh, Alan will be filling in, and Walt in the darkness. My buddy Walt Murray, who we call him Walt in the darkness. I like giving everybody nicknames. <laughs> uh, his name is Walt in the darkness because Walt, my buddy, who helps fill in sometimes, was actually in the movie Star Trek Into Darkness. He was an extra. Really? And uh, we always uh, uh, celebrate his appearance in Star Trek. So I'm, oh. I'm one of the rare guys that goes, yeah, I got a buddy that was in Star Trek once. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was fantastic. He got to go out and meet J.J. Abrams and hang out on the set and be in, the, be in one of the scenes, and it was really, really fun for him. So we call him Walt Into Darkness. But they will fill in for me uh, 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 the upcoming Saturday, depending on when people are listening to this podcast. And they will still do the Star Wars Day. Oh yeah, I'll, you send it to me and I'll forward it to him. And you know, if he doesn't play it, I'll have to uh, punish him severely when I get back. No, they'll they'll play it. I'm kidding. They will play. It. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to punish. Oh him yeah, too. I put business, a lot of work in that. <laughs> nostalgic geekiness business as usual. All believe right, me. awesome. Well, you enjoy um, Universal because I mean that that's a fun place to go. I'd rather go to Disney, but that's a fun place to go. Um, I love the Hogwarts, uh, the train ride. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I know you like Disney better, but on the sea, on the roof oh, of that yeah. building is so cool. It is Escape from Gringotts Bank. We're going to enjoy the whole area: Transformers, The Simpsons, all the Universal Horror stuff. It's going to be fantastic, and, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> That's right, and and uh, and the other one, butterbeer and uh, pumpkin juice. That's what my wife drinks. Oh, I haven't had that. <laughs> I just got yeah, the butterbeer. We we butterbeer were great. we were somewhere, and they had butterbeer in a bottle. And oh, I love it! It was good. It's great. It was really. It tasted kind of like butterscotch. Uh, oh yeah, cream sodas, butterscotch. It cream was. Sodas. It was, but a little, but a little different though. It's uh, yeah. had their own twist to it. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you having me on, dude. Thank I you so much. I had a great, on. great time. Yeah.